Good evening. My name is Duane Nelson, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organization scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis and the president is Dr. Edward Ewell. <clears throat> in this school, we use the true, correct and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many, but we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part and a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original names of our father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of the chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud in like manner. Everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself 
as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preference of the Holy Name Bible. Also, at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up this one tabernacle pattern. In the school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of the three-fold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. And eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was delivered unto the sons of children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men where man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan is to speak the truth. We will also have to, tonight prayer read by Dr. William Walker. I'm sorry, prayer by Dr. William Walker and a scripture, Matthew, the sixth chapter that will be read by 
Sorry, Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Walker. Yes, can we uh, take a few minutes to uh, humble ourselves and pay homage to our almighty creator? We ask you once again, your Yahweh, that you open our ears and open our eyes whereby we can learn, know, and understand thee more and more and more. We ask these things in your name, and you manifested in the flesh as Joshua the Messiah. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Walker. Dr. Lewis. Good evening, class. And I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That's Matthews, the sixth chapter. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray you, our father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Hallelujah. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad continence, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. 
Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve Yahweh and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought, <clears throat> excuse me, for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if Yahweh so clothe the grass of the field, which the day is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye the first the kingdom of Yahweh and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That was Matthew's the sixth chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to thank Dr. William Walker for that beautiful prayer and Dr. Lauren Woods for reading the scripture. Tonight's scripture readers uh, will be Dr. Dorian Lewis and Dr. Lauren Lewis. I'd like to give a quick reminder to the class to make sure that your devices are on silent, that you stay muted and your cameras off until after the lecture is done. For tonight's first speaker, it's a pleasure to call on from our Oceanside class, Dr. Andrea Volpe. Dr. Volpe. Good evening. Can everybody hear me okay? Yes, we can. Awesome. All right. Um, this is a very, very good chapter. And it's interesting because they keep, or I should say, Yashua keeps reminding us that 
we don't have to worry about physical things because our father already knows what we need to survive in this life. And he's going to provide that for us. Right. Um, let's see. Can I have somebody start reading for me in the scripture right at 19? All right. That's Matthew 6 and 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust, rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your, there will your heart be also. So he's telling us, sorry to interrupt you. He's telling us not to put all of our stock into things in the earth plane. And how many times have we heard the expression, you can't take it with you? Mm -hmm. There's people that acquire extreme riches, houses, um, jewels, cars, everything you could want under the sun in this earth plane. And when that person passes away, they don't get to take any of that with them. So it's kind of a waste of your time as far as Yahshua is concerned. And the real treasure of our hearts is Yahshua. And he's reiterating that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have you jump down to 24 for me too, please. Okay, that's the 24th verse. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve Yahweh and mammon. Therefore, I say... Go ahead. Sorry, I'll have you just stop right there for me for right now. Mm -hmm. He's saying again, your, your master, the most important thing, or your treasure, however you want to think of that word or look at that, is Yahshua. Because if you're trying to serve another master or another treasure, trying to love another treasure, one of them is going to get less, if I can say it that way. And one of the funny um, analogies that I've heard used on the floor is, and I'm, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. So if this applies to you and your specific experience of life, I'm not trying to pick on you, I promise. But there might be a person who, under non-COVID circumstances, enjoys bowling. And they bowl on a league. And on the same night when they would be going to class to learn about Yashua, bowling might be going on on that night. So that's kind of an example of how you can't really serve the two masters because you're going to have to choose. Is, right. it more, is it more important for you to come sup with your brethren and learn about Yashua or for you to bowl a perfect game and win? Right. And I'm just using that as a silly example, and I'm sure everybody can kind of think of a better example. But the more time that you spend um, with your brethren, learning about Yahshua and learning from the creation because our world or our creation also is always speaking to us about Yahshua 
And I'll just quick quote, uh, quote Romans 1, 19 and 20 is telling you every day that creation is telling you about your creator. Mm-hmm. So we are really without an excuse if you don't learn something about him, it's because you're surrounded by it all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you come into the understanding of how there's not even really an earthly word to do justice to the, I'm going to use the closest word I can think of, magnificence of Yahshua's love. It will literally blow you over. It will change the way you think about everything. It'll change the way you look at things, the way that you are within yourself. And that's your treasure. Is that love of Yahshua? And it's cool too, because it's kind of like, like when we play tag and one person, you can see the love of Yahshua just emanating from them. And then it's like, tag, you're it. And you see it coming out of another one of your brethren. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a whole lot on my mind tonight, but I did want to share a little bit of what I learned about Yashua. I hope what I said was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm going to take my seat. All praise be on to Yashua. Hallelujah. 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 And I'd like to thank Dr. Ropey again for that beautiful testimony. And for our second speaker tonight, we'll have from Queensland Country, Australia, uh, Supcon Reruin. Hello, can everyone hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, perfect. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, before I begin saying anything, I'd just like to say all praises go to Yashua and for him to speak through not just me, but through all of us. This morning, if we're staying in Australia, but I'm guessing it's evening for you guys there and some others from international folks. Well, first of all, I'd just like to go into, I actually wrote little notes down while studying the scriptures. Before I go into anything, could we please get, I'll just have a quick look here, won't be too long. Could we please get Matthew 4, 18 through to 20? Matthew 4 and 18. And Yahshua, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their net and followed him. Thank you very much. And can we also please get Isaiah 28? Verse 9 through to 13. Isaiah 28 and 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. 
precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of Yahweh was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. I think we may have lost them. Yep, we just lost them. Okay, we'll uh, try to give them a few seconds. Just give them a few seconds. Hello, can everyone hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes. My apologies. I think my Wi-Fi dropped, so I'll just join 3G quickly. Won't be. Can you guys still hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Can we please go to the elementary chart? Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can. Perfect, perfect. And I see the elementary shot. Thank you very much, mm -hmm. Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And the do those couple of scriptures first, because if you look there, what do you see? Each section, whether it be the outer court, holy place, or the most holy place. Each little different section and events that occurred. The reason I didn't say it is his story, which is his story, but also I call it event because it's something that did occur or occurred previously to show us what we have or what we are doing today through to the truth, which is his death, burial, and resurrection. And I'll go into a bit of that and go into a couple of plates before I give a little event that occurred let's say about two weeks or so ago. Well, first of all, the reason we went into the scriptures beforehand, because as you see there, besides being a table or the spiritual food and table that we eat of, it's like a net, the fishes of men. Each little segment is the net itself. And as you can see there, although the events may be different, the principles stay the same. And that's precept upon precept, line upon line. Nothing changes. Right. And we may be as old as a hundred and something years old. We may be as young as five years old. But here little, there little. Because for us, compared to Yahweh Alim Yahshua himself, we're children. He doesn't give us a whole burden all at once. He feeds us with a spoon to the mouth. And he just gives us here little and there little. That's why we can never learn of him anything at all, overall, until we take the flesh off, go into his kingdom and learn of him forevermore. And that's something we all should look forward to. And it's very exciting just talking about that. Can we please, well, before we even begin going to death, burial and resurrection, can we please go into, zoom into the plate number five, the interior pattern?
and we'll just go a bit into the death, burial, and resurrection. I'll go, as I've mentioned before, we'll go into a couple of plates and then I will tell you guys about the events that occurred. That makes, wow, Yashua is doing amazing things. Well, since we're looking at the interior pattern now, as you can see there, death, which signifies, can you see at the bottom plate there? the brazen altar of sin sacrifice, that's likened onto death, where animals, whether it be doves or lamb or bullocks and so forth, get sacrificed depending on the sins. And that's where the true sacrifice came through, which is Yahshua the Messiah. Burial, as you can see there, brazen labor of, um, oh, not brazen labor, Oh, yeah, brazen labor, my apologies, where you wash the sin. Uh, not the sin. Um, you wash the sacrifices by burying them right. or immerse them into the water. Resurrection is likened unto, as you can see there, a gentleman being anointed, or you can call it a priest, call him a priest, being anointed by holy, um, by a, the oil, which be guided by the Holy Spirit to go up into most holy place. And in one of the scriptures, I don't remember exactly where it is, but it mentioned that witnesses, two or more witnesses. So we'll grab some witnesses for the death version of each um, place as well. For death, can we get Exodus 29, 38 to 39? I'm sorry, you said Exodus. Uh, 29, 38 to 39, please. Okay, that's Exodus 29 and 38. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. Thank you. Now we have to do witnesses for burial. Can we please get Exodus 29, 17? Exodus 29 and 17. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces and wash the inwards of him and his legs and put them unto his pieces and unto his head. Thank you. And for resurrection, can we please get Leviticus 4, 5 through 6? Leviticus 4 and 5. And the priest that is anointed shall take of the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before the veil of the sanctuary. As you can see here, the reason we go to the tabernacle pattern first, the interior pattern, is because he goes by a pattern. He himself is a pattern. And as he, um, Dr. David would say to me, it's easy as A, B, C, one, two, three, goes by the three, which is death, burial, and resurrection. 
and you can go forth to ascension as well. And now we're starting to get a bit of understanding of the interior pattern, which is the tabernacle. Now we can start going on to the other plates and seeing what has occurred there and what event shows forth the true death, burial and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah. Now we'll go on to the first plate, the transgression plate. As you can see there, Adam's soul died instantaneously when he transgressed. And burial, if you zoom in a bit, you can see, can you see him covering his face in most holy place? Just liken unto himself being condemned or buried in his condemnation. And resurrection is when Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua, because they're all one, promised the woman of the seed of the avenger through the blood of a redeemer, which is Yahshua the Messiah himself. Now we'll go through a couple of witnesses as we did before. Witnesses of death, can we please get Genesis 2, 16 to 17. Genesis 2 and 16. And Yahweh Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Thank you very, very much. And for burial, can we please get Romans 5, 16. Romans 5, excuse me, and 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. And resurrection, could we please get Genesis 3, 15? That's Genesis, Genesis. Oh, 3, 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Thank you very much. Now we'll move on to the second plate, which is the nose plate. As you can see here, death is likened onto Yahweh Elohim, choosing Noah, letting him know, showing forth to him, giving him vision to preach unto the people for 120 years that there will be a great flood. Therefore, putting the blood onto the other's head, that's like it unto death, or so forth to when the flood occurred, none listened to him and went into the ark, they all turned away from Yahshua, which then shows forth death. Burial is likened unto those people being submerged or buried under the flood. Resurrection is when the eight souls, or I should say eight rice, our righteous souls rises into the ark into safety the only way the only door and that is Yahshua the Messiah it's showing forth to all of them every every little event that occurred show forth to the truth and the true source is how Yahshua came in 
and save us all from our sin. And there's nothing we can do to literally ignore it or hold on to it because he has chosen from the beginning who is and who isn't. And all we can do is just be thankful, learn of him, because it is not of works anymore, but it's just through our hearts and our minds. And that's him being in us and through us all times. Right. And just be grateful for what he's shown you. You um, For example, at the very start, I stumble upon words, although I don't know every little thing, I do stumble upon words, I make a lot of mistakes because we're in the flesh right now. We learn right. from our mistake. But the one that teaches us is the Holy Spirit, and that's Yahshua the Messiah. Right. So hold on, learn of him. And there's, there's a, uh, my apologies, I forgot where it is as well, but um, take upon his yoke because it's easy, it's light. Mm. We're right. only going to be here for so long. So praise Yahshua. That's all I can say. Um, now we'll go into, I believe, did I go into the witnesses for Noah's yet? I don't believe so. Um, for death, can we please get Genesis 6 3? Genesis 6 and 3. And Yahweh said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. They have been warned, they have been told for over. Well, I wouldn't say well, over 100 years, which is 120 years, but none listen, none care. And what is the current? Same principle, but different event. There's a lot of people out there that has heard the name. Well, actually, everything is an evidence and a witness and shows forth to him actually existing. But not a lot of people take on to that. Or actually, they hear the name accept it but they don't hug onto it they don't hold on to it they say yeah i know the name i've been blessed so on blah 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 what does that show you that is similar to um I'm, i've never been a christian myself so i'm not 100 sure but from what i've witnessed through other um, christians is that they always say our savior is jesus christ just because we say the name and we think the name were safe but that's not the case they think of the name but they try to do physical acts which is carnality to show that they worship him but in a sense we already move on from that age and his name is not actually jesus it's yashua it's been shown forth we've moved on from physical deeds which was only made for the jews but now we've we're, we're all not jews like i'm i'm definitely 100% sure that I'm not Jews, so I cannot do the things that they did to worship Yahweh Elohim back then. But we have already moved forth into the spiritual realm, which is through our hearts and mind. That's what I've mentioned before, him being in us and him teaching us. And we'll, we'll move on to the witnesses for burial now. Can we please get Genesis 7, 19 to 20? That's Genesis 7 and 19. 
and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh Being died. totally buried. Everything submerged. Yes, correct. Mama apologies for interrupting you there. Literally, everything was submerged. And what does that show for? Being buried. Like how Yahshua the Messiah died for us, being buried for us, and raised for us. So we just got to hold on to that. And it's just little simple things. Hold on, learn of him, and trust him in everything you do. Resurrection, can we please get Genesis 7, 13. Genesis 7 and 13. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. And likened onto the, the chosen scriptures today is that all, they didn't actually do any works. The only thing they did was follow Yahweh Elohim's instruction through vision. And by following his instruction, you're not actually doing work. You're just doing what he wants you to do. But it's back then. So they have more works than what we do compared to now. But all Noah did was the only works he actually ever did was build the ark. But that's in accordance to Yahweh Elohim back in those days when they actually had to do quite a bit of work. And what happened when you listen to him and basically be obedient, obedient sons and obedient daughters, you get resurrected, you raise. Mm -hmm. But in a way that, that you feel like, you just feel a bit like, I, I can't describe it, but it's like joy. Uh, a joy inside you like the word I can use right now is just wow <laughs> I can't think of any other word but just he's he's amazing and every every little bit of thing should definitely go to him whether it's good bad or worse it's him teaching you something so wow that that will be my chosen word for today <laughs> Now we'll move on to the third plate, which is the Abraham plate. I'll do the Abraham plate and the migratory pattern. Then I'll go on to the little event that has occurred. So um, Abraham, as you can see here on Abraham's plate, um, on the outer court, or court roundabout, Abraham received, has received Isaac, by death, burial, and resurrection. How so? In his mind, he already accepted it that Isaac would die, would be buried, and would be resurrected throughout. Why? Because Sarah or Sarai was barren at that time. And I believe, if I remember correctly, they were 90 odd years old. They couldn't bear children anymore until Yahweh Elohim gave, um, told them that Sarai will have a child 
which will be the blood that carries on to the true blood, which is Yahshua the Messiah. But before we even go to that point, Sarah barren, she could not, not have children. And when Yahweh Elohim told him, which is Am and Isaac, to go up the mount and to sacrifice his own son, he already believed, have faith, not just any type of faith that you see like false faith but this one is true faith because he have witnessed this before he has seen it occur before and that's why we're seeing so we know that it's true faith and every people have different faith some takes less than others some take more. but the only thing you have to do is ask of him said Yahshua I don't understand this part I don't have thorough faith just in this particular section could you please show it to me and being his children i don't have um, children of my own but i know for sure if i look at mom for example no matter if i did anything wrong or right she teaches me especially if i did something wrong and i did not know of it at all they teach you because he is our true mother and father and can we please get Genesis uh, witnesses to this? Um, Genesis 22, 1 through to 19. Actually, that That's may Genesis be a bit too long for 20. time. Um, can we, so, sorry about that. Can we please get Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19? That's Hebrews 11 and 17. Thank you. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. According that Yahweh was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. How, oh, thank you very much for that. How much faith must you have to sacrifice your only begotten son? Even though when you've gone through trials and errors and your wife is barren, you want a son, but you can't have any. He is your only son, but Abraham with so much faith that Yahweh Elohim will raise him up even after sacrificing his son, which is Isaac, Abraham's son, and burying him, how much faith must you have? And the only faith that you can have that is true faith is faith that is given to you. It's not something that you work upon. It's something that is given to you. The only one that can give to you is, let me guess, Yahshua the Messiah. Now we'll go on to the next plate, which is the migratory pattern, the fourth plate. As you can see here, if you zoom in the bottom section, which is the court roundabout, you see there the Passover lamb. The lamb being sacrificed on the 10th day to save or spare the firstborn from death. Burial. As you can see here, when the when um, 
the cloud, which is Yahweh, leading Moses and the children of Israel through the Red Sea, being all submerged in the Red Sea because the sea is water. Resurrection is when Yahweh raised up Moses and children of Israel from bondage, which is Egypt, onto a freer, newer life in the wilderness. And I believe that is the wilderness of Sinai. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, um, in any of this saying, by the way. That's right. Correcting is encouraged. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now we'll get some witnesses for that. For death, can we please get Exodus 12, 5 through 6? Exodus 12 and 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Thank you. Now we're going to witnesses for burial. Can we please get first Corinthians? 10, 1 through 4. That's 1 Corinthians 10 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. Thank you very much. And for resurrection, can we please get Exodus 14, 30 through 31? That's Exodus 14 and 30. Thus Yahweh saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which Yahweh did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared Yahweh and believed Yahweh and his servant Moses. Yes. The reason that event occurred is from what Yahshua has been teaching me is that we always go through routes that are either meant to be or not meant to be. And in this case, whether we choose to do good things or bad things, because remember, we're still in the flesh. We all make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that we can tarnish the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Him being in us already shows forth that we tend to get shifted or move to not a greater path, but a little better path. Because he is actually taking the wheel, wheel of our life. He's guiding us. He's been guiding us through all this time. And that's why upon little things, whether through lectures, transcript, or shows forth, if you have any question, the funny thing is just when you sit there quietly in a room and earnestly study of him, Give him your earnest heed. And I'll just go through those plates and now I'll go through the event that has occurred. 
Um, you, this, this could be um, considered as a testimony if you would like, but a couple of weeks before, about two weeks or so, the weather, the weather in Australia here has been very crazy lately. It's having about three seasons in one day, which is sunshine, rain, and I don't know, it's just sunshine, rain, and just windy. Like, I'm not sure what's going on lately, but something's happening. And during one of those days, after work, I visited my friend for dinner at their place. And I've decided to go home. And it was late at night, about 11 p.m. or so, my time. I was about to head home. My mother gave me a call and she said, it's raining. You can come home if you like, but if you can stay over your friend's place, you should stay over because it's not overly too safe to drive. Remember that that's one warning. And then I thought the next day I have to see the client, which is um, Sunday, and I thought, might as well go home. Pack my stuff up, got down the lift or elevator, start walking to the car that's parked in the basement. I saw my car a bit lopsided, leaning from my point of view. It's leaning to the left a bit, which is on the driver section. Oh, I think the driver section is a bit different um, in Australia compared to um, the US, because we, we have it differently. But let's say the left side of the car, it, it's lopsided. And I thought, why is that? And before I started trap, like getting into a car to travel home, I had looked at the tire at the back, and there was a huge nail in my tire and it's been popped the whole day. And I was driving with a pop tire the whole day without realizing. And I thought to myself, wow, that's funny. Well, thank be to Yashua that I'm still safe and here to learn more of him in the flesh now because after I take the flesh off, I look forward to learning more of him also. So it doesn't really change the fact. Other than that, I thought to myself, maybe I should sleep over and just stay. And my friend was nice enough to contact my other friend to come help um, change the spare tire. We've changed the spare tire, but I've left all my stuff in the apartment. And I was like, okay, I'll go up to get my stuff. So I went with one of my other friends into the lift because I've decided to go home back then due to work reasons and so forth. And a gentleman came through, I've talked to him before. I don't, I've never met him before, but he started telling me stories of when he drove home from work from New South Wales to Queensland and that, oh, five minutes ago. Okay, I'll make this quick. Um, driving from New South Wales to Queensland, and he was telling me how the road was worthy. It was very dangerous. And that when he was driving, the storm was so heavy and so forth. And the first thing that popped into my mind was, Yashua, are you giving me hints? Are you showing me something? And then a couple of days later, I've noticed he showed me three witnesses, three hints. The first one was when mom called randomly. The second one was when I realized the tie pop. And the third one was when a gentleman started rambling on about driving in the heavy storm. And I thought to myself, wow, Yashua, you've done wonders. You've you didn't just 
told me once, but you told me thrice, three times of what, of, you know, to stay safe and so forth to, you know, learn of him another day in the flesh. And all I have to say right now is all praises go to Yahshua. Everything goes to Yahshua. I'll take my seat now. And thank you for listening. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you again for that uh, beautiful uh, uh, testimony, Subhakan. For our next speaker, it's a pleasure of calling from the Southfield class, uh, Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis? Good evening, class. I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the previous two speakers, Dr. Volpe and Dr. Samdri Ruin. And the things that they talked about are things that the founder of this school, uh, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley brought that was that he received through his vision. Now, what he received in his vision was not something new or something that uh, he came up with on his own. It's the same thing that Moses saw. It's the same thing that uh, John saw in the Isle of Patmos and the same thing that all the prophets saw and it's stipulated in the Bible. And uh, Dr. Samsuri Ruin in particular was talking about this chart, which our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, drew, he said this was what he saw in his vision. And it's called the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation. And what he's showing is that what Yahshua the Messiah was doing, who the world calls Jesus Christ, he was not just a good preacher, a good teacher, uh, a man that, you know, a charismatic teacher. That's what uh, many of the uh, historical academics call him. He was a uh, charismatic teacher or preacher. He was a uh, radical teacher and he gained the following. He was not just that. What he was doing was fulfilling the scriptures, all the things that were written of him and that were written hundreds and thousands of years before him. He was fulfilling them. So, all right, Laurie, I know I'm about to put you to work, but uh, can you get uh, fulfill out of the dictionary and then get that uh, that scripture? Sure. That's fulfilled, and this is out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online, mm -hmm. to put into effect, mm -hmm. execute, to meet the requirements of, to measure up or satisfy, mm -hmm. to bring to an end. All right. Okay. So he was going to meet the requirements of you understand, to satisfy the requirements of what was written in the scriptures. So briefly, it's almost impossible to go into this without giving some type of backstory. And I don't intend to be long. Yahshua will and I would not be up here long. But Yahweh has a purpose. Things are not just unfolding willy-nilly, you know, just happening and, and God's up above us looking down on us, hoping that we get it together. He has a distinct and definite purpose that is happening regardless and respective of whether we want it to or not, or whether we're in line with it or not, or whether we believe it or not. It is going, it is carrying forth as he has planned it. So he set up in this post-Diluvian age, this is after the flood. He set up the story of Noah. We know about the story of Noah and the children of Israel and them coming out of Egypt and them gathering around the mountain 
we have it depicted here. And Yahweh spoke down the law, what is commonly called the Ten Commandment law. We have it depicted here with Moses. This is the event where he broke the tables of stone. But that's the tables of stone is in his hand. And Yahweh told that this law was uh, dictated every part of their life. It was more than 10 commandments. It was 613, 603 ordinances that went along with it, making a total of 603, 613 laws. Uh, this law governed every part of their life, every aspect of their life from the time they woke up to the time they went to bed. So what he said was that the law and Maud went through this. He touched on this a bit the uh, wages of sin were death. And if they broke the law, that was a sin. So for a sin, something had to die. So what Yahweh made a provision in the law. Now remember, he's setting up his story. God is. It's not random. He's not reactionary. He's not doing it because they messed up. So he had to come up with something to make them righteous. This was all purposed. This was all, and that's uh, in Isaiah. Get that, Lord, if you can find it. I have purpose that I will also do it. So yeah. he set up this, this situation where they have to have this law. And the wages of sin are death. If anybody can find that scripture, get that too. So mm -hmm. when they broke the law, that was sin. So that meant that they had to die. But Yahweh set up a provision in the law that they could get an animal, uh, a bullock, a turtle dove, whatever, a sacrifice that would die in their stead. So instead of, if I sin, instead of me dying, I can go get a turtle dove, bullock, whatever. There were different sacrifices for different sins. So he set that up as a provision. Now that's foreshadowing or foretelling what Yahshua or Jesus is going to do. You understand? Mm -hmm. He is, he's going to be the sacrifice. You understand? That dies in our stead. We're the ones guilty of sin, guilty of not knowing Yahweh, being carnal minded. He is the innocent sacrifice and that was the point whatever sin i did back here if, if i'm back here in this time with them whatever i sin i did when i go get that animal that's going to be sacrificed in my stead the animal didn't commit that sin it's an mm -hmm. it's a principle of an innocent sacrifice that's dying for my guilty sin all right so yashua has to fulfill these things and there's a scripture that says the steps of a righteous man are ordered now he's mm -hmm. the righteous man and his steps were ordered or in other words he was doing what he had to do was already written see there were messiahs there were people who claimed to be messiahs before him so and that's one of the reasons the jewish nation to this day doesn't believe he was the messiah but they don't understand they're not looking at it through uh uh they haven't had a revelation about it or how how yahweh yahshua fulfilled the scriptures that's right. what proved that he was the true messiah is that he fulfilled the scriptures so uh, Maad went through a few of them. He went through this transgression play with Adam and Eve. I'm not going to go through them again. He showed how he fulfilled that. Oh, get me all uh, those other scriptures, Lord. Because Which one I do said, you want first? I have uh, all of them. Okay. Uh, give me precept upon precept. Okay. That is Isaiah 28 and 9. Mm -hmm. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Right. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. So what is Isaiah talking about? That's Isaiah, right? Yes. So he said precept. A precept is a principle. 
So Yahweh has principles. Now, keep in mind what we talked about. They're getting these sacrifices. They And let me I, I forgot to mention one quick point. With the law, the Ten Commandment law that they had to keep and the sacrifices and all that stuff, an integral part of it was this tabernacle that, that was tied into you can't have the law without the tabernacle. So all of us who say we're keeping the law really aren't because you don't have a tabernacle, you don't have sacrifices, you don't have a high priest. You're really not keeping the law. None of us have been. You understand? So anyway, they had this tabernacle and they had to bring this uh these sacrifices. Now, in Isaiah, the prophet, he's saying a principle or a precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line mm -hmm. upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will Yahweh speak to this people. So the precepts or the principles, as my went through, are the principles of blood, water, spirit. It's pointing to Yahshua the Messiah, or who the world calls Jesus Christ, is pointing to his blood. When he was on the cross and said they pierced him in the side, first of all, he was a bloody mess from the torture. They pierced him in the side and out forth came what? Blood and water. You ever wonder why they mentioned that? You ever seen anybody get stabbed or cut or hurt and water came out? It's He's fulfilling the scriptures that has to be there. So the principles of blood as Maud went through, water and spirit. Or, now give me 1 Corinthians 15 uh, one, real quick. That's or, first, go ahead, go ahead. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by, is, by which also you are saved, excuse me, if you keep in memory what I've preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I've also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Right. Now, see, Paul, this is Paul in the so-called New Testament. He's saying that the gospel, the good news is how the Messiah, Yahshua, whom the world erroneously calls Jesus Christ, how he died. Read that again, Lord. Mm -hmm. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Mm -hmm. how that the Messiah died for our sins right. according to the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. That's a key point, according to the scriptures. Go ahead. And that he was buried uh -huh. and that he rose again the third day right. according to the scriptures. Okay, so First John 5 and 7, real quick. I'm sorry, I forgot about that one. Mm -hmm. So first, this gospel is Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection, or the principles or precepts of blood, water, and spirit, you're going to see them carrying out throughout the scriptures. And that's what Yahshua was fulfilling. Go ahead and read that real quick. First John 5 and 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We have and that right here on this three. chart. Unity of the Spirit. This is what, this is the first, see it right here? First John 5, it should say 5 and 7. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And these three are one. Mm -hmm. And there are three that bear witness in earth, mm -hmm. the spirit and the water and the blood. Mm -hmm. And these three agree in one. We have it here, the spirit, the water, the blood. These three agree in one. So start that over. I was trying to zoom in. Go ahead. Sure. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Right. The father, 
right. the word and the Holy Spirit. Right. And these three are one. These three are one. Go ahead. And there are three that bear witness in earth. They bear witness to the record that is in heaven. The Father, the Word, right. and the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. The Spirit, mm -hmm. the water, right. and the blood. Right. And these three agree in one. They agree in one because they're testifying to the record or the fact. That's what the record is, is a fact or statement. The record that is in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit. So Yahweh has these things in the earth to testify to us. Yahshua came in to fulfill the thing. All the things in the scriptures, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, on through the prophets, those things were foreshadowing and foretelling what the true Messiah was going to do. And Yahshua comes in and does those things exactly. Okay. So that's what Ma was talking about. Either you're going to see these witnesses. And he had this scripture read, or maybe he didn't get it read. He mentioned it about in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So Yahweh has witnesses. See, his witnesses are the law which are the first five books of the Bible. We have a chart about it, if I can find it. Which one is it, Laura? Oh, here. Which, this one. Yeah. The one with the cross, yeah. Right. The law, which is the first five books of the Bible, or the books that Moses wrote, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The testimony is Joshua and Malachi, or the books of the prophets and the, and the poems and the histories, things like that. That's the law. And, and fun fact, if you will, when Yahshua was walking around, who the world calls Jesus Christ, when he's walking around talking to his disciples and preaching and living his life in, in his ministry, when he talks about the scriptures, that's what he's talking about. What we commonly call the Old Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were not written when he was walking around. That's the history of his life. It wasn't written when he wasn't referring to those books or the Pauline mm -hmm. epistles or the book of Revelation, he wasn't referring to that. All they had was what we call the Old Testament, Math, uh, Genesis through Malachi. So he's talking about the scriptures. That's what he's talking about. And he told them, you search the scriptures. For in them, you, he he's talking to the Pharisees when he says this. And the Pharisees were giants. If They were the authorities. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, he wasn't talking to nobody's. Right. This is like some of us going to uh, some religious authority, the Pope, anybody, listen, he's, that's how he's talking to them. He said, you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life, but mm -hmm. they are they which testify of me. That's out of his own mouth. That's what Jesus said. The scriptures were testifying of him. So now we're going to look into some, a few more examples. My already gave a few. We're going to look how that these scriptures, and that's what this chart is talking about. Talking about how these events, as Maya said, these biblical events testify of Yahshua Messiah, how they point to his death, his burial, his resurrection, his blood, his water, his spirit. We know that he died. We just celebrated the, the world just celebrated his resurrection for Easter. He died. He, he was buried. Here it is here. He was he died. He was buried and he resurrected. He also we also have the principle of blood, water, spirit. He was put on the cross. He was pierced in the side. Out came blood and water. And the script, the, the Bible literally says, and he gave up the ghost. And that's the spirit. You see, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, and resurrection. You're looking for these principles. What is the point of this? Before I go any further, what is the point of all of this? You begin to see that Yahweh is actually does have a pattern. He does have a plan. 
He has not left you out here to figure it out. The whole world is trying to figure it out. That's why you got so many different religions. But he has a distinct pattern and plan. We don't have to make it up. All we have to do is learn the principles and learn how to look for them. And you can see them in everything. And it'll give you and I confidence that Yahweh is real. I'm talking about real confidence that he is real and that he is working in our lives every day. So that's the point of seeing this. So as my went through in each of these biblical events, we just have this is not every event in the Bible. Dr. Kenley just had a few of them drawn out on this chart. The transgression with Adam and Eve in the garden. Maat went through that. He went through Noah and preparing to enter the ark. He went through Abraham. He went through, uh, uh, I can't even see it, the migratory pattern. Now, I'll, I'll go through this real quick one more time because this is a direct link to Yahshua. Remember, Yahshua is fulfilling. He is uh, fulfilling the requirements of the law. Do you understand? So uh, we know on the night of the Passover in Egypt, they had to get a lamb. Now you start to see why Yahshua was saying the things that he says or why the things are said about him. They had to get a lamb called the Paschal lamb. You understand? They had to sacrifice that lamb. You understand? The lamb had certain, he, he put certain stipulations on the lamb. It had to be a male of the first year. It couldn't have any spot and blemish. All of these things are principles pointing to Yahshua Messiah. So then when Yahshua comes in, in the flesh, John the Baptist identifies him as the lamb of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. he's fulfilling this lamb back here you see so then this lamb they had to kill it and they and and here's a, another quick point all of israel that was in egypt that were slaves all of them had to get a lamb for their household everybody had to have one every household all of israel had to get the lamb kill the lamb so when Yahshua was at his trial when he's with Pontius Pilate and Pilate asked the priest, the high priest and the, the rulers, uh, who do you want? Do you want me to kill this Yahshua or this Jesus? Or do you want uh, whoever it was, the, the thief or whoever it was? Mm -hmm. He gave them a chance to pick. They didn't have to kill Yahshua. The, the Bible uh, says that all of Israel said, crucify him, crucify him. All of Israel killed the lamb back here with Egypt. All of Israel had to kill the lamb here. It's a right. Yahweh's Yahshua's fulfilling things. So they had to take the blood of this lamb back here in Egypt. They had to take the blood of this lamb and put it on the uh, upper doorpost. Let me see if I can zoom this in a little bit. On the upper doorpost and on the two side posts of the door. And then they had a basin that they dipped it from. And they did it with a hyssop branch, which is a thorny bush. So there's slapping blood, there's blood flying everywhere. As we said, Yahshua was a bloody mess when he was put on that cross. He was scourged, he was tortured. You understand, he was a bloody mess. We all saw the passion of the Christ. That was a, a realistic depiction of crucifixion. All right, so uh, the blood was on the upper door post, the two side posts, and they had a basin from which they were dipping the blood. That makes four points of blood. Yahshua was crucified on the cross. You understand, he has four points of blood. He has a nail in each hand. He has a crown of thorns on his head. He has a nail in his foot. Don't worry, I know about the, the, the him being pierced in the side. That's pointing to something else. So that's four points of blood, which, let me go back, also lines up with this tabernacle pattern. All these sacrifices that they had to sacrifice back in the wilderness with this tabernacle. Remember the Ten Commandment law? 
you broke a law, you sinned, you had to get a sacrifice. Those sacrifices, there was a method to the, the sacrifice. The high priest had to slay the sacrifice. He put the blood on the four horns of this altar before he burned the sacrifice. See these horns here? Let's see if I can circle them. See these? There's four horns on this square altar. That's four points of blood pointing to the four points of blood on the door, pointing to the four points in that. that the, this is the reality of it. Yahshua's four points of blood. He's fulfilling what was written in the scriptures. So he comes in and has four points of blood. You understand? Uh, then they had to, uh, well, I'm sorry, that's blood. They come to the water. You understand? The water of the Red Sea. And uh, they go through the sea. That's water. Just as Yahshua. Now we have him depicted on this chart here. If we're we're going in the upward motion, so you see here we got the lamb. Then they leave out of Egypt on the night of the Passover. They come to the water of the Red Sea. So we're going upward on this chart. Here we got Yahshua sacrificed before his baptism. Why? Because he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was him coming into the flesh was a death for him. You understand? Because this is Yahweh. This is God. The same one who spoke from the mountain. So him lowering himself into the flesh to be the sacrifice for his children's sins. That was that's he that was, he lowered himself. That was like in a death. So he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They come to the Red Sea. He goes to John to be baptized. After he's uh after they come out of the Red Sea to and through the waters of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's destroyed, they come to the wilderness of Sinai. So after Yahshua was baptized, what does he have to do? He said he did it immediately, straightway. He went into the wilderness. <laughs> you understand? He's fulfilling. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. He's not doing anything happenstance. He's fulfilling it all. So, uh, okay, I hope that that was a decent primer on some of the, Now, you can do, what, what did we just do? We did blood, water, spirit. You can do death, burial, and resurrection real quick. They're, they're synonymous. They're, you can... You know, you see these same principles, either blood, water, spirit, or death, burial, resurrection throughout this entire Bible. So we did uh, the blood with the lamb, the water of the uh, Red Sea, and the spirit. Oh, the spirit. I didn't do the spirit. So we had the blood of the lamb. You had the water when they came to the Red Sea. Uh, Dr. Rhonda Brazil just went through this Sunday. You see this little circle here? When they came out of the Red Sea, they were following the cloud. And in the cloud was an angel. That cloud was a pillar of light to the Israelites and darkness to the Egyptians. And we have it depicted here with this right. little circle. This little circle. You see the, the light part at the top, the white part, and the dark part of the night. You see Moses' hand with his staff in it. That's, and it says angel. So in that cloud was an angel. And that's I think that's an Exodus, right, Laura? You don't have to get it. Mm. It talks about that angel and it says Yahweh's angel was in that cloud. And he said, basically it told them, don't y'all mess with him because he ain't going to pardon you. Right. You understand? Right. That angel, what are angels? Spirit. So you got the blood. I'm sorry, we have it depicted here again. See the, see the uh, Moses' hand with the rod, the circle with the light and the dark. That's representing that cloud that was light unto the Israelites and darkness to the Egyptians. And so that represents the spirit. So you got blood of the lamb, water of the Red Sea, spirit. So here's Yahshua, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He goes to be baptized in water by John the Baptist. And when he's baptized in the water by John the Baptist, we know the story. 
Most of us mm-hmm. are familiar with this. What happens? John says he saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove. Spirit. He's fulfilling the scriptures, all the things that were written of him. Now, these principles, that's why we got Isaiah. It talks about precept upon precept, right. line upon line. These principles go throughout the entire Bible. Yahweh's pattern does not change. It continues to go. It don't, but I'll say this, it doesn't stop when you get to Revelation's 21st chapter. It's not over then. <laughs> it continues to go. You and I are living, we have the principles of uh, blood, water, spirit, death, burial, resurrection operating in us every day. You understand? Uh, we, all of us are born by blood, water, spirit. When a child is born, there's a show of blood. The amniotic, amniotic sac or the water bag breaks and the child starts to breathe. That's taken on the breath of life with his likeness to spirit. You understand? Every day you eat, a sacrifice has to die for you. You understand? Innocent. Chicken didn't do nothing to you. Salad didn't do nothing to you. Lettuce didn't do anything to you. It was minding its own business. And it has to die so that you might live. You understand? So that's a death. It's buried in your body, in your digestive tract. You understand? And then what resurrects, that gives you life. That's typical of resurrection. And the, the, the important nutrients that's in it resurrection you. And here's another thing that real quick, and I'm done. There's a... Many people believe that Yahshua resurrected a physical body and walked around and he was another, he was a fleshly man. He was not. He resurrected a quickening spirit. There's scriptures for it, but I don't have time because I want to mm-hmm. get done. He resurrected a quickening spirit. He was not a fleshly man when he resurrected. So you have principles of that. You look at it with the lamb. Again, they had to kill that lamb. They had to eat that lamb. The Exodus directly stipulates that nothing of that lamb could remain to the morning they had to eat it all and what they did not eat they had to burn it that body of the lamb had to be consumed so yashua's body is consumed so when they go to the tomb they don't see the body because it's consumed it's gone that body is gone jesus ain't walking around there with scars in his hands and his foot you understand now he is a quickening spirit and so says paul so then you have a that's, that's how you're able to prove things, going to the scriptures, when you understand something about the pattern. See, was the lamb still there? Did they, did they carry relics of the lamb? They got bones of the lamb? No. That whole body had to be gone. Also, get that real quick, Laura. I see it. Get that. That's 1 Corinthians. Um, maybe you want to, well, I know you're short on time. So no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead real quick. That's 1 Corinthians 15, and I'll start at um, um, 15 and 41. Mm-hmm. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Right. Now that's so much to go. I don't have time to go into it. But the first man, Mm -hmm. Adam, he's talking about the physical man, Adam, in the garden of Eden. Yahshua was the second man, Adam. There's a type and shadow because Adam was the son of Yahweh. So says, I think it's in Luke. 
Yasha mm-hmm. was the son of Yahweh. You understand? But anyway, I thank you for that. I want the, the point of that was that he's a quickening spirit. He raised the quickening spirit. So we showed you how the lamb, that body had to be consumed. That's that's a testimony to Yahshua's body having to be consumed, him not raising a physical man. You also had a principle I was talking that, that came to my mind because we were talking about how death, burial, and resurrection and blood, water, spirit work in our life. So we eat food. The food is living. Whatever you're eating it was alive at first. You had to kill it to eat it. You understand? It, it's buried in your digestive tract. You understand? It goes through those processes. What resurrects is that that's invisible. The fit, the, the, the bulk of it gets cast out. Mm-hmm. But what resurrect? Can you see amino acids, vitamins? No, that's the or that's typical of the spirit resurrecting and quickening you to sustain your life. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, this gospel is, is is it will change your life. You have to try to learn something about it. And when you begin to see these things, you gain more faith in Yahweh, not faith in us, not faith in Henry Clifford Kinley, but you right. real faith in Yahshua Messiah that he really did do what he said he did. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a lot to learn. And it's the more you learn, the more excited you get about it. So I hope that helped. All praises to Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, uh, Dr. Lewis, uh, for that wonderful uh, testimony tonight. And uh, before I call the next speaker, uh, I forgot to mention that we have a returning visitor uh, visiting with us, uh, Miss uh, um, Johnson. Sharina uh, Johnson. Sharina Johnson. I'm sorry, I should know that. Miss Sharina Johnson, visiting, returning, visiting with us. Uh, thank you again for joining us again this evening. And for the final speaker of the evening, it's uh, my pleasure to call on uh, from our Southfield class the president, Dr. Edward Ewell. Good evening, class. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We can. Okay. I'm really glad to be here. I've had a down, (laughs) just powerless, feeling powerless, except for Yahshua. I lost the second of my brothers um, in the last 13 months. I have two brothers that died and we buried the one yesterday. And um, although he died on the, uh, about two weeks ago. So, but at any rate, <clears throat> I felt numb from going through uh, the things that I had to just out of respect for the family, going to um, hear people that are in Christian. And, you know, just, I'll just make this real short that saying uh, hundreds of times, Jesus Christ, Lord, God, and so many amens that, you know, was almost unbearable. But at any rate, we're over with that. And um, I'm glad to be a part of this gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, because just being obedient to it, I know that he has allowed me to continue to learn, know, and understand the things that he teaches. And that's through the Holy Spirit. So um, I know there's not much time, but I'll take and say um, one of the things that just showing me that by two brothers being 10 years younger than me, both dying, and I'm still around, 
I feel blessed in that Yahshua has protected me from whatever ills that cause a natural death. And I know we all have to meet that natural death, but uh, our spirits will live on forever. And that's the thing that I'm glad of, that my soul will live in eternity. And I come to know that from things that Yahshua the Messiah has shown me. And just pull up the ages and dispensation chart. But it's been beautiful tonight to see the principles of blood, water, spirit, and death, burial, resurrection, which points only to the Savior who has salvation in his name, Yahshua Messiah. His blood was the only blood that was necessary and capable of saving the whole world. And everybody will be saved, either internal glorification or eternal damnation. And so just right where this cross is on this ages and dispensation chart, um, just looking at this, and um, I was giving me so much comfort to know where we are. In other words, we're not back over here doing anything physical that we had to do under the law. Just get Jeremiah 31, 31, and then get it to confirm it in uh, Hebrews 8 and 7 or so. But read real fast there because there's not a lot of time. Sorry, that's yeah. Jeremiah. 31 31 and 31 31. Yes, uh -huh. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, mm -hmm. that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Which now, one covenant they break. Although he was a husband unto him. So this is a summation of Yahweh saying that everything that was old, in other words, going back in the days before Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection, that was under the old Mosaic law and then the age of conscience where there was no law and everybody was evil and the earth was so evil that Yahweh took it out in this post-Diluvian age uh, through Noah and that was covered and all the things that happened up to the law which the Messiah came in and he fulfilled. But over here um, um, and under the law, Jeremiah is saying that a new covenant was gonna be made. Now he's saying that back over here while they were still under the old covenant. So the Holy Spirit was in Jeremiah telling him what was gonna happen. Now get it where Paul talked about it after couple of verses after Hebrews 8 and 5. That's Hebrews 8 and um, 7. Eight and I seven. Got, I, okay. okay, whoever got it. Go ahead. Hebrews 8 and 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless. Now you see, we got to know which where we at. The first covenant. Uh, majority of Christendom is still trying to celebrate or follow what was under that first covenant in some way, shape, and form. Oh, they got sacraments, they call them, like the Roman Catholic Church, and then Protestant, Baptist, uh, all those other spinoffs, they all spun off of the Roman Catholic Church with their own thing, but they're all living behind the cross. In other words, they're in the wrong age. Read. For if that first covenant had been faultless, 
then should no place have been sought for the second. And the problem with it is that nobody could keep it. Only one who could keep it was the one who made it and gave it to him was Yahshua the Messiah, read. For finding fault with them, he said, behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith Yahweh. Okay, so you can see that what was written in the law and testimony or the old under the old testament is the same that Paul is confirming that there were going to be a new covenant. And that new covenant, um, let's just get those scriptures that Dr. Kelly had up here. Get the first one is Colossians 1 and 12. Revelation 12 and 10, and then get Daniel 2.44 first. There's three scriptures right up here, and that's for everybody to see. Uh, make you smart to know these scriptures, but they're right in front of you. And we have to read, learn, know, and understand what they're talking about because we're not back here. We're over here on the other side. Read. You said Daniel 4 and 12, did you want? 2.44. Daniel 2.44. Okay. Daniel 2, excuse me, <clears throat> Daniel 2 and 44, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and in the days of these kings shall the Elohim of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, that's the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. He's the king and the potent of the most king. But so get those other two scriptures, Colossians 1 12 and Revelation 12 10. Yes. Colossians 1 and 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So being delivered from darkness is that you've been delivered from those physical carnal ordinances that Yahshua ended after his death, burial, resurrection, and then poured out his spirit on the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. So all that ended. Now get the other scripture. That's um, Revelation 12 and 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our Eloah, and the power of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, mm -hmm. which accused them before our Eloah day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, so that's beautiful. Just again, another thing. But so now on the same chart on the we're in this spiritual assembly now, that kingdom of Yahshua is perpetual. In other words, it's everlasting, as the Bible said. So just get a Luke 12, 25 right quick. Because he, in, in speaking, Holy Spirit speaking through him, Luke in this verse says that uh, Luke 12, 25, mm -hmm. um, something about the pleasure to give you the kingdom. But just get that. Uh, well, Luke 12, 12 and 20, and 
Luke 12 and 25 says, and which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? Okay, that's it, not it. Right. What was yeah. it that you were looking for? I was looking for that where it says, inherit the kingdom. Uh, the father's, it's a pleasure for the father to give you the kingdom. But that's okay. Just skip that one. Um, in other words, go to uh, Ephesians now, 1, 22 and 23. That spiritual assembly, which is circled here. But here again, we're in this. And to, to make us meet is to make us uh and I have that scripture if you do oh, want it. Oh, okay, go ahead, read that then. Thank you so much. No problem. That's Luke 12 and 32. Um, I'll start at 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of Yahweh, and all things shall be added unto you. Okay, wasn't somebody asking him a question there before yes. he had to seek you the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the prayer and in, in the uh, scripture reading, <laughs> so right. beautiful about the so-called, which people call the Lord's Prayer. Oh, they did that several times over the last few days. But uh, he said, thy kingdom come, not mm -hmm. is coming, like it says over there in 1 John 4, every spirit that confesses that the spirit of Yahshua is coming as of Yahweh, those that say he's not as of the devil. So they looking for him to come is come but he said my kingdom is coming also mentioned in matthew's 10th chapter but go ahead get what you got there 32nd verse fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom so it's a pleasure to give you the kingdom but you got to be obedient learn know and understand the truth of righteousness read oh that's it of that scripture okay um uh, get ephesians one and 22. Ephesians 1 and 22. And hath put all things under his feet and mm -hmm. gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly. Now, Dr. Mm -hmm. Kinley put this one here. In other words, just to show you who's top cat, top dog, he's at the apex of everything because he is the Father, Word, Holy Spirit, all in one embodiment. He's Mr. I will be what I will to be. Mm. Okay, any more of that? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Colossians. That's Ephesians 1 and yeah. 22. 22. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly, mm -hmm. which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's mm -hmm. where we want to be in, his, in that magnificent, glorious, glorified body of Yahshua Messiah. Now mm -hmm. get to Colossians 1.24. Colossians, oh, go ahead, go ahead if you got it. Colossians 1 and 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of the Messiah in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the assembly. Okay, We're, in other words, the assembly and Christian, when they read in King James, they say that's the church and thinking it's the Roman Catholic church, but he's really talking about his body, the assembly of those that believe in him and have faith in him and right. know that he's our salvation and that his blood was the only blood worthy to usher us from death into life everlasting. And that's Yahshua the Messiah. Now, um, again, on this chart, you, Dr. Kenny put up here at Pentecost, he had um, how those Jews first got the Holy Spirit, but I want you to get 
there and then got uh, over there how they got it at Cornelius' house. I think that's Acts just 11th chapter. But just you do you want Pentecost one? I, I want the Pentecost first. Well, you got it right up here, but then okay. I want to go go to Acts with the, the Gentiles at Cornelius' okay. house. This is you don't have to read all that. Just for that, they got the Holy Spirit up to that point. Okay, that's Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they all got the Holy Spirit. That 120 there up in the upper room was promised. Yahshua told them to wait there. And uh, so they got the Holy Spirit. Now, that was a Jew first. But then through Abraham, uh, Yahweh had promised him, say, well, he's going to save both Jew and Gentiles. So the Gentiles were grafted in by faith. They didn't have to even try to keep the law. So they were part of that covenant that he's going to make that new covenant where you didn't have to do what they had to do under that old covenant, under the law. But I'll read that. That's, you want me to continue in Acts 2nd or go to 11? Go, go to uh, 11, uh, yeah, 11, where um, at okay. Cornelius' house. When That's Peter Acts preached 11. to them. And they, Peter preached and then they got the Holy How they got it. Mm -hmm. That's Acts 11 and 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard the Gentiles had also received the word of Yahweh. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descend as it had been a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered, and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts, and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay, and eat. But I say, Not so, Master, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what Yahweh has cleansed, that call not common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and were entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I spake, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. So seven years later, that same Holy Spirit in other words, Yahweh, as it says in Hebrews 6, chapter, he can't lie. Two immutable things. He can't lie. And if he make a promise, you can take it to the bank. Mm -hmm. And if he adopt you, you're truly one of his sons. Now, um, 
the last time I spoke, I had mentioned, I, I just shared this with a relative that about Yahshua, the son of Nun, and he was saying, it's impossible. So it made me go back and think just things that I know that I've read in the scriptures about Yahshua, the son of Nun. He led the children of Israel for 40 years and he was a servant. He was a son of Nun. He was a warrior. He was an organizer. In other words, he organized them and had them to cross the River Jordan. And this is a big biggie. When he got up to it, he told the water rise up so they could go through on dry land. Who could that be but a Mr. I will be what I will to be in that, that angelic uh, position. And then when he led them, as it says over there in the first Corinthians 10 chapter, that cloud that led and followed them was the Messiah. And you know, he was a military commander, killed 31 kings on the west of Jordan, two kings on the east of Jordan. Um, he was Moses' minister. And when Moses rose up here into this mount, he went up there. In other words, he's the one that transmuted into from the, himself to this tabernacle back to himself. And Moses saw the creation come out of him. In other words, that's a vision that Moses saw, John saw, and then Dr. Kennedy confirmed it. Okay, so the same Joshua, he was, again, the com commanded the sun to stand still. Who could do anything to the elements but him that made it? In other words, and that's over there uh, when they were fighting uh, the Amalekites. And you don't have to get it, but when this, uh, Joshua, the son of Nun, told the sun to stand still, it stood still. In other words, he also divided heaven among those 12 tribes when they got up there. He's the one that told them where they would live, gave them their meets and bounds descriptions on what their inheritance was. They was promised it downhill. They were going to inherit a type of heaven, land floor of Milk County. He divided it up. The walls of Jericho, when he told them, march around there uh, seven times, and on the third day, they got around there and shouted out, Yahweh, and the walls just tumbled down. And then uh, he's also, all those that were out there for 40 years that were born in the wilderness, hadn't been circumcised, uh, he took them and circumcised all of them. That's in the fifth chapter of Joshua. And then he read the law again, Joshua, the eighth chapter. Again, and when he got up there, before he took off the flesh, some 40 years later, he told him, I'm the one that did everything, even brought Abraham and everybody up to this promised land. I did everything because he's a Mr. I will be what I will to be. He had that power to transmute. And so just one of them, get over there where, um, oh, it's right here on this chart. So like he went up here and transmuted over here, took up Peter, James, and John. In other words, over here in, in the law, Elder and two brothers. Over here has got to be an elder and two brothers. So to go Peter, James, and John, that's Matthew 17 chapter. You don't have to get it, but and when he got up there, he turned to like a fiery, uh, ghost-like figure. And they say, oh, it's a vision. Then he told them when he come down, don't tell the vision, the man, because he had changed, in other words, transmuted from physical into spiritual. And because he is the light. In other words, you look at that tabernacle. He said, I'm the light of the world. Uh, your father had bread. I'm the bread of life. 
and they all dead, but eat of this bread, you'll live forevermore. He's the light, the bread, he's the intercessor. No man can uh, give up prayers to the Father but through Yahshua Messiah. So that's the same Yahshua. In other words, that you got to believe on and know, have faith that he'll deliver you from everything that you come in contact with that's evil because he's a righteous. And get over that, that, that chart showing that evil and uh, the righteous. So the thing about this righteous is that um, this Sabbath, you see the Sabbath, and we know that looking back to the ages and dispensation, that means uh, rest. So in um, Matthew 11, I think 28, um, so you can use this tabernacle to prove all things, but what he's saying here to his disciples, Read that, 11.28. Come unto me. All you that labor and heavy late. Right. One second. 11.28, Matthew. That's Matthew's 11 and 28. <clears throat> Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of him. In other words, he was back there, and Moses wrote of him. In other words, it says that in John 5 and 43, somewhere over there. Say, had you believed Moses, you believe me. That's them scribes and Pharisees say, man, you don't know nothing about Moses. He also had told him about Abraham. He had to tell him, say, before Abraham existed, I did, I, or I am. But had you believed Moses, he wrote of me. So Moses wrote about him uh, the first time. Um, Exodus 17 and 9 up to, to 14 when Yahweh told him, say, uh, write about this one Yahshua in, in, in a book. So he had to write about him in a book. So when he he couldn't say Jesus, but they let it slip over there in the, uh, Hebrews 4 and 8. They had Jesus give them rest. In other words, going by that tabernacle, seven day of the seven step rest. But come unto me, all you to labor and heavy read and read that again. Okay. <clears throat> come unto me, all ye, come unto me, all ye that labor <clears throat> and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, <clears throat> for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you just have to have faith in Yahshua because. You got so many witnesses on how he's delivered. And again, just going back to the law and the prophet, and he say, think not that he come to destroy them, but to fulfill them and move them out of the way. Say, uh, getting that Moses, all the prophets, he has found them, all the scriptures, the things that concern himself. Well, what about uh, the Psalms? Oh, yeah, and the Psalms too. Just get that in Luke 24. And, and uh, I just want to give you an example, like when... Uh, I grew up in church. My mom, you know, with, she had 11 kids. It's seven of us alive today. So she told me, anytime you get in trouble, uh, repeat the 23rd Psalms. Lord is my shepherd, should I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. In other words, that's the way she taught us. And I never knew until I came to class that that never was about me, although I got, 
I felt blessings from, or got out of trouble when I quoted it, you know, gang chasing you or something, you start saying the 23rd Psalm, they stop chasing you. That's me growing up. But so at any rate, just show what is Messiah, Luke 24, and where he said it, adding the Psalms uh, about him. That's Luke 24 and 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, that's so of hard to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, he's he telling you, you Moses wrote about him. Read. I'm not sure that's what you want. Go ahead, keep going. I'll wait. And, and the Psalms, which I think 44, and the Psalms of, you know, because people don't, don't see Jesus in the Psalms. Uh, yes, that's right. You're right. 40, 44th verse. Excuse me, I'm sorry. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while see, now, I was, he was with you. He was then, you know, on that 40-day trip after he had been buried for three days, three magnificent days. That's another lecture, but he had been buried and he resurrected, but read. Mm -hmm. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then they had a little bit of understanding no. when he went all the way back there. So <laughs> again, I'm glad to have given this brief testimony, but uh, Yahshua is our redeemer and I'm a true witness. In other words, seeing physical deaths and living through them, but uh, it's made me stronger to know I have to put all my faith and trust in him as long as I live, and I thank you for the time this evening. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for closing remarks, uh, we're gonna call on uh, the Dean of the Southfield class, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to sit in your own home and listen to these things that are absolutely positively delivered to us from Yahweh himself so that it can liberate our sensic souls. It can, as the previous speakers got their point across to show you that this teaching is designed to elevate you to the highest level of thinking to actually come to know something for an assurity about your creator as he really is and actually exists. Not the way I thought he was, not the way that many of us thought he was, but how he really is and how he actually exists. And I will say this about it. Me personally, when I first came to this teaching, I was offended by some of the things that they said about me, about my religion, about what I believed, but I come to find out that everything they said, once I calmed down and when I was able to think about it, when I was alone and by myself, it just made sense. And it made sense to the point that even though I wouldn't admit it to someone face to face, I knew I had to come back and I had to come back and examine and investigate this, which I was sitting in front of and the things that they told me 
because I couldn't prove it no other way. I could not disapprove a thing they said. See, there were some things that I might not have liked hearing, but I couldn't disprove it. So the mercy of Yahweh allowed me to continue to come back and to continue to have mercy on me and allow me to enlighten my understanding of his purpose and his pattern and plan. So as we become more and more involved in this teaching, this great teaching, which derived from the vision of revelation given to the founder and Dean, which incidentally was the same vision of revelation that was given to Moses, the same one that was given to all the prophets, right on down to the apostle Paul, see? And that's, see, that, that's something else they told us, they taught us was wrong. See, they taught me his name was Paul. The scripture says his name was Saul. So just down to little minute things, I had to admit and say, well, Marvin, you had that wrong. And I'm eternally grateful that Yahweh just stuck with my hard head and just kept dragging me down here, even when I thought I had tons of other things to do. So as a word of encouragement, I want to tell the members that are keeping this Zoom going that they're doing an excellent job and that all the visitors that come and join us from our Chicago South Side, North Side, and the other branch schools that are part of it from far away as California and Australia. See, now, that just shows you the power of this teaching. It has the ability to reconcile mankind irregardless of where he's from, where he lives now, his nationality, or his previous thoughts and ideals. This teaching has the ability to recognize and change our thinking and cause us to be able to get way past the flesh. See, we're not worried about whether you were Roman Catholic or whether you were a Baptist or whether you was in church or whether you cussed or, or, or whether you was a thief. See, we're not concerned about that now. We're just concerned about resurrecting souls as Yahweh promised that he would do. So thank you for your time. And I appreciate it. And I hope to see these members again on a regular basis so that you can have your soul delivered unto eternal life and glory. So hallelujah. With that, I'll say hallelujah. Thank you for your time. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to thank our previous speakers on uh, getting a chance to thank Dr. Yule for your testimony and Dr. Uh, Marvin Lewis Dean for uh, your words. Um, that brings the conclusion, uh, conclusion to our class tonight. Uh, I want to also uh, thank a uh, special thanks for our visiting brethren from the various branch, uh, branches and classes. Thank you again for uh, tuning in this evening. Uh, and our returning visitor, uh, uh, Sharina Johnson, thanks again for coming to, uh, to tune in with us this evening. We uh, always extend a welcome return for you. That brings the end of the uh, class tonight. Hush. I will be giving doxology, which are taken from the last two verses of uh, the book of Jude. And can you stand in your heart and your mind? Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to prevent you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belongs glory and majesty, dominion, and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah.